0: More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.
1: Today on More to Life, refrain. Do you struggle with anger or having, have a hard time knowing how to respond to someone else's angry outbursts? Will help you refrain from drama and regain your peace. 877 573 7825. Family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can
2: actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say, I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising,
1: relevant. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN, Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, the show is titled Refrain. We, We are talking about anger today on More to Life. And if you're having a hard time knowing how to respond to someone else's angry outbursts or struggling with your own anger, we want to help you refrain from the drama and regain your peace. Give us a call at 877-573-7825, again that's 877-573-7825, and tell us, is there a particular person, you know what I mean, your kids, your spouse, a family member, co-worker, who causes your emotional temperature to rise just when you're in their presence, or even imagine their face? Maybe there's a specific problem you have to deal with, that consistently causes you to lose it, in spite of yourself, or maybe you're just tired of being on the receiving end, of someone else's anger. Look, however, anger is complicating your life or relationships. We want to help you refrain from the drama and regain your peace. Give us a call today at eight seven seven five seven three. 7825 again that's
2: 877-573-7825 you know anger is a tough one because i think that many of us would say i i don't have a problem with anger as long as they all stop pushing my buttons <laughs> right. you Now, if this person would just stop doing that thing i'd be fine if the kids would just come home from school completely regulated and and pleasant because, you know, I've worked all day for their good, and then I have to come, you know, deal with them coming home cranky and upset and whining and fighting, if I could just deal with my mother-in-law.
1: I mean, the reality is there are so many things that push our buttons, and we have a tendency to attribute our anger to those external things and feel like you know it's 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 all because of those other things that i can't control my anger but in reality anger is not a call to action and it's not caused by the stuff that happens to us it's caused by the stories we tell ourselves about those things that are happening to us and that feeling of powerlessness that often overcomes us when certain things happen to us or other people do certain things the angrier I am the more powerless I tend to feel and it's that feeling of powerlessness that drives us to lash out and to do things that end up making the problem worse now I want to be clear though anger itself is not necessarily the problem there is such a thing as righteous anger Right? And we we because we, we know that, that wrath is a sin. Uh, and sometimes wrath is translated as anger. And so we hear that anger is a sin. But that's not true. In fact, St. John Chrysostom said, He who is not angry, whereas he has cause to be, sins. For unreasonable patience is the hotbed of many vices, it fosters negligence and incites not only the wicked, but also the good to do wrong. So anger and being angry in and of itself is not sinful and not problematic, but it becomes a problem when we treat anger as a call to action instead of a call to prayer. And we'll talk more about this as the show goes on, but either way, you know, anger is not a comfortable feeling to have and we have a complicated relationship with anger as Christians so give us a call today at 877-573-7825 again that's 877-573-7825 and tell us you know, is there someone or something that tends to provoke you to an angry response that you know you're not happy about You're just not being your best self in the face of that situation or dealing with that person. Or perhaps someone you care about or don't necessarily care about but have to deal with is always letting loose on you with their anger, and you're not sure how to respond gracefully. Let us help you find those grace-filled solutions to those situations where anger is complicating things. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877 Every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through, Saint John, through the lens of St. John Paul's theology of the body. And for folks, for folks who aren't aware of what that is, when he was the Pope, St. John Paul gave a series of reflections over the course of about five years to show how creation, God's design of creation, reveals his plan for living a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships.
2: The theology of the body reminds us that the world is not what it was created to be. But as Christians, we're called to cooperate with that grace that God gives us to make it better. In order to do that, we need to be able to recognize when things are not as they're meant to be. Anger is the emotion that helps us to recognize injustice. Unfortunately, research shows that anger is a very poor motivator for action. In order to be effective we need to remember that anger isn't so much a call to action as it is a call to prayer. Without prayer, anger can cause us to feel stuck,
1: powerless, And perpetually outraged with no solution in sight that's right and the theology of the body reminds us that God created our bodies including our emotions to work for our good and when it's united with God's grace rather than being fuel that adds to the fire anger can actually be a powerful tool that promotes healing you know but again because sin has separated us from God we have to make a point of bringing things like anger back to him so that he can teach us how to manage it appropriately. So when something upsets us, instead of giving in to our outrage, we need to bring our anger to God and say, Lord, help me to identify the problem, to gather the resources you've given to me and make a plan for how I can glorify you in my response. The better we are about managing our anger in this prayerful way, the more we can feel competent, confident, and grace-filled in the presence of those situations and people that otherwise get under our skin. All right, so that sounds great on paper, but how do we actually pull it off in real life? Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Again, that number is 877 877- 7825 and i will just say right now just just keep people up to date on what's going on here uh lisa's having to step in and out a little bit because uh, her her voice is shot and, and mine's just getting better because we're both getting over covid here that we had in the last week <laughs> <laughs> we're like the last people in the world to get it yeah it well pretty miserable
2: <laughs> <laughs> and i'm back now and we apologize <clears throat> we're doing our very best here we are going to be fine your prayers <laughs> would be appreciated it's been because anybody week. who's had it knows it's no easy walk
1: ah, so anyway here we are taking your calls about anger today <laughs> on more to life at eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five let's take our concerns to the Lord and then we'll start taking your calls In the name of the Father and, and the, the Son and, Son, and the, the Holy Spirit. Spirit amen Lord Jesus Christ we come into your presence and we bring to you all those situations and people that provoke us to anger so often things will get under our skin or cause our emotional temperatures to rise and we just want to lash out to try to make the problem go away. But help us to stop treating anger as a call to action and begin seeing it as a call to prayer. We give those situations and those people to you right now, Lord, and we ask you to teach us how to identify the real problem, how to gather the resources that you've given to us so that we can respond gracefully and help us to make a plan for how we can glorify you in our response so that we can respond to those situations in ways that help us be our best selves and invite the others to be their best selves as well. Lead us and guide us through our anger so that we can respond to the injustices that we encounter in ways that build your kingdom so that all the world can see your glory and grace and power shining through us, even in those angriest moments. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and in the name, in the name of the, the Father, Father the, the Son, and, and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit.
2: Spirit. Amen. Amen.
1: Pope St. John Paul the Great.
2: Pray for us.
1: Today on More to Life, we're talking about anger on our show titled Refrain. And by the way, um, we are uh, coming up here, we're having our introductions, an introductory session to our Refrain Anger Management Program. You can learn more about that at CatholicCounselors.com. Uh, Dr. Mark Kologi, one of our associates through Catholic Counselors, is helping people find grace-filled solutions to situations that provoke anger. Uh, it's a, it's sign up for our introductory session of Refrain. It's one session. You can learn some great tips for managing anger and learn more about the larger Refrain 10-session program. And you can check that out at CatholicCounselors.com. But you don't have to wait. You can give us a call today at 877-573-7825. Right. 877-573-7825.
2: We're talking now with Aaron, who's listening to
1: EWTN Radio in Kansas. Hi, Aaron. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on?
3: Hi. Uh, just uh, taking a road trip back home to Michigan. I'm in the middle of Kansas. <laughs> cool.
1: Wonderful. So what's your question, Aaron?
3: Um, I'm, I'm asking uh, what do I need to do when I do um, go to pray? I'm really new to it right now.
4: Okay. And when I am
3: feeling that anger, um, I I felt like a, like in the past I um, was mad with my higher power because like things didn't like work out the way that I wanted them to. Uh, but I I want to like kind of what do I say in my mind or what, where where can I go and in, in, in that time of space to be able to uh, communicate with my higher power so I'm not so I can have that relief of not being angry, but understanding that it's okay to be angry, though,
2: too. Well, there's a lot that that we can offer here, Aaron. Let me ask you this, though. Because of your choice of of words in in describing this, are you going through some kind of a 12-step program? Are you dealing with some kind of addiction and, and the anger that's underlying all of that? Just so we kind of know what your struggle is here.
3: Uh, I have 18 months of sobriety in right now
2: God bless and,
3: you um that's that's done me a lot of good and I've um, I've been working really hard at trying to find what's my higher power and like uh, and uh, accepting more and trying to understand why it is that I'm angry and like um because I, I don't want to feel angry but I'm really glad that you guys mentioned. Of, like it's okay to be angry then and that's uh-huh. actually a guide to being able to communicate with my higher power so I'm just wondering what do I do at that time is there something that I can say in my you know
2: yeah
1: to, while I uh, drink? Uh,
2: sure. yeah absolutely and I just want to say something to you Aaron you're driving across Kansas you found this show on anger a show that is actually all about God and grace and anger today so your higher power is listening and is there for you. This is an answer to all those prayers you're throwing up in your mind and, and actively as well.
1: And, you know, I, I, um, I, I want to invite you and not to do anything that you're not comfortable with. You know, everybody's at, this, at their place in their spiritual walk, right? Um, and so, you know, I, I'm glad that you have a relationship with your higher power. Uh, I, I want, as part of the, my response, I want to invite you to understand your higher power as an actual person, as as, as God who loves you uh, because it's, it's one thing to sort of scream anger into space and, and hope that some higher power responds to it. It's another thing to know that your Heavenly Father loves you and is big enough and strong enough to let you beat on his chest uh, and, and hold you in his arms until you kind of get tired of screaming and beating on his chest and then he's willing to hold you in those arms and comfort you and whisper in your spiritual ear what he needs you to do to respond to those challenges. And that's what I want you to do. You know, if you're asking, how do I pray through my anger, especially at God? You know, God wants you to express that anger toward him, uh, whether you're angry at him or anybody else. Um, You know, Jesus tells us, I I no longer call you slaves, but friends. And if you're angry with a friend, what do you do? You don't hold it from him. You, You don't you don't pout about it. You don't. Passively, aggressively ignore the thing, you go to your friend and you say, I'm angry with you. I don't understand what you did. I'm furious, you know, and, and that good friend will listen and help you through that. And again, I don't want to push you to do anything you're not comfortable with. So it's it's perfectly fine at this stage to relate to God as a higher power. But if you can begin to see him as as a father who loves you uh, and who wants to know what you're angry about and wants to hold you in his arms and and, and help you to calm down and to guide you and give you his wisdom and counsel on how to respond to the challenge, that's going to make a big difference uh, in how you manage that anger, that spiritual anger that you feel. What I'd like you to specifically do in that prayer, though, uh, how, however you relate to God right now, is is to say to him, you know, Lord, I'm angry with you, or I'm angry at this situation, I'm angry about this. Help me to see what I'm exactly angry about. Help me to actually identify the problem that I'm angry about and teach me how to respond to it in a way that will glorify you that will help me be my best self and challenge the people that i'm angry at to be their best selves too that prayer helps us focus our minds on what we need to do to respond appropriately to anger because anger okay for it in order for it to be righteous has to be expressed appropriately proportionately and productively, right? And as long as we're doing that, as long as we're expressing our anger in appropriate, proportionate, and productive ways, that's righteous and godly anger. You know, we've identified a problem, we're responding to it in an appropriate way, uh, we're not We're not getting carried away, we're responding to it proportionately, and we're responding to it in a way that can make it better. And that's righteous anger. I, on the other hand, wrath, the sin of wrath, and inappropriate anger is anger that's expressed inappropriately, disproportionately, and unproductively, right? And so when, when you're praying through your anger, whether it's at God or anybody else, you know, you want to ask him to show you how to respond to that situation in a way that is appropriate and proportionate and productive. But it all just starts with, first of all, just letting God have it <laughs> and knowing that he's big enough and loves you enough to take it uh, and, and just Beat on his chest and if you need to call him names, whatever it is, you, you just get it out And and because God wants you to to bring that to him so that he can consecrate it and show you how to respond to it But when you do start to calm down, you know, don't just vent all that anger, you know, then say, okay, Lord Show me what to do with this show me how to identify the thing that I'm really angry about Because sometimes it's not as obvious as you might think Help me to gather the resources that you've given me to respond to this and make a plan for responding to it in a way that will glorify you, help me be my best self, and challenge the people that I'm angry at to be their best selves too. And if we can do that, God will show us how to respond in an appropriate, proportionate, and productive way. Aaron, thank you so much for the call. If there's more that we can do for you, don't hesitate to reach out. Congratulations on your 18 months of sobriety. That's fantastic. Keep going. We've added you to our More to Life prayer list. And if we can do anything to support you on that journey, don't hesitate to either reach out to us here on the radio program. Or if you're continuing to look for grace-filled solutions to uh, the challenges that you're facing in your life, check out the Pastoral Solutions Institute's Pastoral Telecounseling Practice at catholiccounselors.com, where you can also learn about our introductory refrain session that talks all about anger management. Learn more at catholiccounselors.com. We've got to go to break right now, but when we come back, we're continuing to take your calls about anger and the angry people in our lives. If you are struggling with your own anger and you're lashing out at people or at things that, you know, you're just not happy with your response and you're looking for graceful ways to deal with those situations, or if you just don't know how to manage somebody else's anger, and you're tired of kind of being their whipping post, give us a call at 877-573-7825. More to Life will continue with your calls right after the break.
5: Hey, this is Michael O'Neill, The Miracle Hunter. I'll be delving into the fascinating world of miracles and taking you on a hunt that explores the greatest mysteries and marvels of the Catholic Church. I'll be examining what constitutes a miracle, how miracles are investigated and approved, and the role they play in the lives of the faithful. We'll look at the miracles of the Gospels in early Christianity, considering the claims of the miraculous in our own modern age. The Miracle
1: Hunter, Saturday at 1 p.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio.
0: This Ave Maria program is brought to you in part by the nonprofit CMF Curo. Your search for affordable health care stops here. Since 2014, CMF Curo has provided Catholics with affordable health care sharing that goes beyond insurance. With programs that cost less than many COBRA and ACA sponsored plans, CMF Curo is a Catholic health sharing experience that enables you to live fully alive while saving money. Call 1 833 Get Curo to find affordable Catholic health care now. That's 1 833 G E T
5: C U R O.
2: Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak.
1: I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today on More to Life, we're taking your calls about anger on our show titled Refrain. Whether you struggle with your own anger and are looking for grace-filled ways to respond to those challenges, or you're tired of dealing with somebody who's always taken out their anger on you, we want to help you manage all the ways that anger is complicating your life. Give us a call at eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. Let's
2: talk now with Javier, who's listening to EWTN Radio in San Antonio, Texas, on Guadalupe Radio.
1: Javier, welcome to More to Life. How can we help you out today?
4: Hi. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Any ministry? Uh, Thank So you. I'm, I'm having issues uh, with anger management, uh, especially with uh, family members, whether it's my parents or aunts and uncles, um, specifically with issues uh, for past losses, uh, grandmother loss, uh, sorry, my grandmother, a couple of years ago. Uh, I have disagreements on how that could have been handled, um, but also um, besides that, even before that, um, difficulty with some of the questions my father has been making, especially with regard, regard to other spiritualities other than Catholic Catholicism.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and so I. And you mentioned specifically yeah. to our screener, uh, you know, uh, yoga and, and things like that, that, that they're they're involved in other spiritualities and other practices that 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 you find objectionable and, and and you're concerned with for them, right? That is true. Yes. Okay. And so you're you're asking, you know, how, how do you not get caught up in arguments with these folks about those kinds of things?
4: Uh, y- yes, uh, mm-hmm. I, I've asked them politely. Politely, I guess my approach hasn't. Modify their behavior, so I'm not sure what what to do now.
1: Okay, well, so so, and I think the way you put it is is perfect, right? Um, and this touches on the 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 area that that we call apologetics, uh, and you might in apologetics. We usually think about that in terms of you know, theology, where we're trying to explain the faith to somebody else. You know, a Protestant has issues with, with uh, the Catholic devotion to Mary, and so we use apologetics to explain uh, the Catholic understanding of, of Marian devotion. But it, it applies here, too, because, again, you're, you're, you're trying to present an argument for why certain practices that a person might be engaged in, uh, spiritual or otherwise, would not be the best thing for them. Uh, And that all falls under that category of apologetics, which is basically graceful argumentation, right? And, And the thing that we have to keep in mind anytime we get into any kind of apologetical argument with somebody is that it's not our job to convert them. You know, it's, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convert somebody. So when you say, you know, my attempts, uh, you know, to explain things haven't resulted in a behavioral change in them. Well, no, <laughs> because because people, you know, aren't projects and we can't push certain buttons as much as we might like and make other people change. All we can do is is present our reasonable case for why we believe what we believe and then leave the rest to the Holy Spirit. And then what we do is we work on our relationship, because we need to make sure that the relationship is deep enough to contain the conversations we want to have with people. So what I would suggest to you, Javier, is that, number one, you need to get it out of your head that it's your job to make them change. It's your job to present a reasonable case for why you believe what you believe. Um, and then give that situation to the Holy Spirit so that he can guide them the rest of the way. Then you back off and focus on deepening your relationship with that person so that they can see God working in your life. And and they don't see you as a scold, but they see you as somebody who is really living out the power of God in your life, in your choices. They see how grace is blessing you and helping you have healthier and stronger relationships and make godly choices that are helping you thrive. Uh, and they're drawn to God through your witness and that makes them want to say you know you know Javier's leading a healthy life without doing these spiritual things that that I I thought were necessary for leading a healthy life I want to follow his example instead of continuing to do what I'm doing and God God starts to change them through your witness right so get it out of your head that it's your job to make them change that's the Holy Spirit's job it's your job to present a reasonable um, calm Uh, A charitable case for what we believe and why we believe it. Leave the rest of the Holy Spirit and then you focus on building your relationship so that God can continue to witness to them through your life. Thanks for the call, Javier. If there's more we can do for you, you know where to find us. Back in a minute.
5: Father Benedict Groeschel. I often go back to my childhood. In church we love to be reverent. To Christ present in the Eucharist. To Christ on the cross. And
0: week after week, month after month, the media churns out things that make fun of religion in general and make fun of Christianity in particular, and particularly make fun of the Catholic Church.
5: No class. Absolutely no class. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. What if you moved more? Could this change the course of disease? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. Dr. James Hicks of the University of California says that exercise not only helps prevent disease, but it can actually alter disease trajectories. If you are able to move in some way, you can move more. Even seated, just move your arms and legs more. That's adding cardio to your life. If you add lifting a few weights or using bands, this can help. I said help prevent major diseases. Don't forget counting gardening, walking a big box store, bike riding, and even dancing. We are encouraged to add 7,500 steps a day to our life. One day last month, I fertilized the lawn, weeded the garden while listening to great Catholic content, and walked the dogs twice. I got almost 10,000 steps in before 3 p.m. If I can do it, so can you. For more, look for our Journey Strong tab at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net.
2: hi i'm lisa popchek when feeling attacked judged or misunderstood our natural tendency is to react to lash out and defend ourselves we assume that the other person intends to be offensive but even when it seems like someone is being purposefully antagonistic we don't really know their true intentions that's why charity and good psychology remind us that instead of reacting harshly We can choose to be humble and give the other person the benefit of the doubt. That doesn't mean letting people walk all over us. It means that the best way to challenge an antagonistic person's bad behavior is to ask questions that clarify what they're trying to accomplish so that we can help them find kinder, more loving ways to get their point across and meet their needs clarifying questions don't accuse or challenge the other person they hold up a mirror that forces the antagonistic person to ask themselves is the way i'm acting really helping me get my needs met to learn more graceful ways to deal with conflict visit catholiccounselors.com or check out our book god help me these people are driving me nuts making peace with difficult people
1: Welcome back, folks. You're listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak.
2: I'm Lisa Popchak.
1: And today our show is titled Refrain, as we talk about ways to refrain from the drama and regain our peace when certain people, you know who I'm talking about, (laughs) or situations (laughs) cause us to lose our temper. Do you struggle with anger or other people's angry mm-hmm. outbursts, you know, maybe a particular person, your kids, your spouse, family member, coworker worker cause your emotional temperature to rise or a particular problem you have to deal with consistently causes you to lose it. Or again, you know, maybe it's somebody else who is losing it on you. And you're not sure what a graceful way to respond to their anger might be.
2: Maybe you're not comfortable with other people's anger. It intimidates you. You lose your ability to be able to change the situation or deal with it. It even frightens you. Whether you are being reactive in your own anger or you're having a hard time dealing with somebody else's anger... Let's help you find grace filled solutions to that today. On more to life at eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. That's eight seven seven five seven three seventy eight.
1: Before we take our next call, I just wanted to invite you to take advantage of a resource that we offer through CatholicCounselors.com. We're doing an introductory session to our Refrain Anger Management Program at CatholicCounselors.com. Dr. Mark Kologi, one of my associates at CatholicCounselors.com, developed this program to help people discover grace-filled ways to respond to their anger and the situations that provoke anger. If you'd like to learn more, you can come to CatholicCounselors.com. Catholiccounselors.com and sign up for the introductory session to refrain and learn more about the 10 session program as well as getting great tips for managing your own anger. Again, that's refrain. You can learn more at Catholiccounselors.com. But you don't have to wait. You can give us a call right now and talk about the situations that provoke you to anger or the people who are getting angry at you and how to deal with them gracefully. The number is 877-573 seven eight two five
2: let's talk now with michael who's listening to ewtn radio in texas
1: on guadalupe radio hey michael welcome to more to life what's going on man
4: hi thanks for taking the call you bet Uh, i'm a father of uh, young kids uh, from middle school to elementary and there's been several times that i have unleashed my anger towards them Mm -hmm. and i've noticed that it's been happening mostly when uh, it's been a stressful day at work, or uh, had an argument with, or disagreement with my wife, or something. You know, just the whole day builds up, and then when a simple incident happens, whether they disobeyed me intentionally or they, you know, hurt their sibling, mm-hmm. I kind of unleash that anger. Okay. I unleash that anger towards them, and I, the thought, I, I'm really quick to react, and I don't. Uh, the thought never comes beforehand, you know, okay. stop and pray. I, so I just want to know how to deal
1: yeah. better. Yeah, no, that's a terrific question. You know, one of the things that we don't realize is that our emotional temperature travels with us when we go from one situation to the next.
2: That's a really good way of putting it. You know,
1: it. we have a tendency to think, well, I was frustrated at work, but now I'm home, so things are different now, and I'm better. But, but really what's happening is the things at work caused your emotional temperature to rise and now it's just kind of running you know like a subroutine you know or a tab that you've left open on your computer it's just in the back of your brain and it's running and it's it's raising that emotional temperature so that let's say on a scale of one to ten you're already at a seven when you pull in the driveway and then you open the door and the kids are going to run you over or you, you hear the noise or you see them picking on each other and now you know because you were at a seven that pumps you up to an eight or a nine you got no place to go but crazy so the key here is Recognizing that work raises that emotional temperature, and then doing something to bring that temperature down, even if you're not feeling particularly stressed, before you come in the door. Um, in, in in performance psychology, they talk about the gold zone and the green zone. And the gold zone is your performance zone, where you're at whenever you're you're, you're at work. For example, you have to be on. You got to be doing the job. You know, you're in the game. Uh, but then when you're going to the bench, you know, or, or going home, you have to find a way to transition out of that performance zone to a more relaxed state so you can recoup and, and reconnect with the people who love you and, and be your best self there. So what I'm going to suggest to you are a couple of things. I, I, I'm, I'm giving you the general principles because it's going to be up to you to figure out what specific transitional practices will help you move from work to home better, but I'll offer some suggestions. So one thing that I, will, that I find works with my clients is to, to say, before you leave work, call home and chat with your wife a little bit Kind of catch her up on what your day's been like. Ask her what her day's been like. And just get a sense of what you're walking into. You know, ask her, you know, what are you going to need from me when I come home? Just so I can kind of wrap my head around what the, what the evening is going to look like. Because a lot of times what happens is, you know, we, we feel like, okay, I'm finally getting off work. Now I'm going to go home and I'm going to relax, right? And then I walk through the door and there's this 20, you know, 20 list, things on my to-do list and the kids are crazy and everything. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Argh. But if you check in with each other. You know, whether your wife's at home or at her own workplace and you check in with each other and say, OK, hey, what's going on? What's our plan for the evening? What do we need to wrap our heads around for the rest of the day? That gives you a chance to really think about, you know, what's what's going on on the drive home. Um, secondly, you know, you want to not just ass- not just wait for yourself to be angry, but just assume that work has gotten your emotional temperature elevated and ask yourself, what's one small thing I could do before I walk in the door? To take my temperature down a notch do i need to give my day to god and just take a minute to say you know lord you know and just process the day you know this was frustrating or i was i was glad about that or i really need your help figuring this out but really help me be in a better place when i walk in the door so that i can show your love to my kids and to my wife right and just just talk through that with god maybe make a point of of uh putting on um well like something like the Hallow app right and you pray the rosary on the way home Right? Or, or engage in some other kind of way to take your temperature down by, by, by meditatively praying uh, as you're driving home. Uh, even taking a minute in the driveway, right, before you turn off your car. You're sitting there, and you just take a deep breath, and you imagine walking into the, the front door, and you imagine the kids being a little crazy, and you imagine some of the things that have gotten you under, uh, gotten you upset before, and you just give it to God, and you take that deep breath, and you think about how you want to respond to it differently. The whole point here is by doing these little transitional practices, you're building space between your feeling and your action. And the more space you have between the feeling and the action, the more you can choose how to respond rather than just letting that feeling carry you away. But we, again, what we have a tendency to do is be kind of mindless about that stress that we're under and we think, Oh, now that I'm home, everything's going to be fine. And then, and then it's not fine when we walk in the door and it's like, gosh darn it. Everything's not fine. Ah, (coughs) Uh (laughs) (coughs) sorry about that. Um, you know, and so then, you know, we, we lose it. So I, I want you to build in those little transitional practices that, that assume that your emotional temperature is elevated, even if you don't think it is, um, give yourself the space to give the day to God to imagine those situations that stress you out at home and imagine how you'd like to respond to them differently before you walk through the front door to, t- to use that ride uh, to, to, to check in with your wife while you're still at work and coordinate your evening so you know what you're walking into and to take that moment before you get out of the car to really just take that last deep breath and 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 imagine how you want to be when you walk in You can work with our team at catholic counselors to learn more about how to have faithful responses to these challenges or, or work with somebody locally either way but you definitely need that support to work on this, this this underlying issue of that failure of respect before it completely uh, undermines your relationship with your boys, too, as it's beginning to do. Thanks for the call, Deirdre. And if there's more we can do to support you, don't hesitate to reach out here or at CatholicCounselors.com. We are taking your calls about parenting on our show titled Your Domestic Church. And we're talking about you know how to build a faithful family, how to respond to those parenting challenges that we all face, how to be more effective in experiencing in our God at home and, and, and living our faith at home, you got questions about any of that? Give us a call at eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. And as we head out to our break, it's time for our scripture of the day, which comes to us from Deuteronomy chapter six, verses six and seven.
2: And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up.
1: And the words in particular that uh, they're, they're responding to in, in Deuteronomy is uh, the Lord saying, you know, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and yeah. strength. Uh, and, and this was a command to, to all christian households as well this is sort of the, it's called the shema it's the most one of the most important uh prayers in in judaism yeah. um but it's, it's and to us it, all. It, it reminds every household who we are where we come from and what we're destined for
2: but if you look at this it's not reserve special time alone with god and only that time and acknowledge him then no it's diligently speak of this to your children teach it to them talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. That doesn't mean just formal prayer times. That means talking to your children all day long. You know what God did for me today? I could I was pouring raining out and I did not want to get drenched on the way home from the supermarket and boom, he found me a parking space right near the door. You know what God I was really struggling with this and God gave me this insight into what I was struggling with and now I know what to do. Hey, where did God show up in your life? Did anything good happen to you today? You are constantly having that conversation that makes our ever-present God right there for them they become fully aware they begin listening to the promptings of the holy spirit they begin trusting god and wanting to take every moment of their lives to him that is what this scripture is talking about god is a member of your family start to acknowledge him in the big and little ways talk to him have conversations about him and realize that he wants to be with you and your children always
1: All right, with that, we have to go to break. When we come back, we're continuing to take your questions about building a strong, dynamic domestic church. Give us a call with your parenting questions, your questions about living and celebrating the faith at home or passing the faith on to your kids. The number is 877-573-7825. And more to life will continue with your questions right after this break.
2: Ciao, Amici. Hello, friends. Teresa Tomio here. Ever notice that common sense isn't so common anymore? Each time we check our news feeds or turn
6: on the TV, it seems the world is getting wackier. Well, we desperately need to return to basic common sense. And Rosie Posey, my mom, a street-smart theologian from Jersey City, is just the
2: person we need to help us restore it. So if you need a little bit more help with some common sense or know someone else who needs it, pick out my new book on our store, Everything's Coming Up, Rosie, at
6: AveMariaRadio.net's online store. This program is brought to you in part by MyLifeAngels.com. MyLifeAngels Angels provides peace of mind by notifying you the moment a loved one enters an emergency room. Right on your smartphone, you'll have instant access to everything needed, including all legal documents to ensure you are empowered to protect their life-affirming wishes. My Life Angels also alerts hospital ER staff with critical medical information and emergency contacts. More information at MyLifeAngels.com.
5: Brought to you by the nonprofit Seton Home Study.
6: Hi, everybody. Dr. Ray Gurendi here. You thinking about homeschooling? Seton Homeschooling. 40 years of experience, 17,000 current students, pre K through high school. They provide the books, the lesson plans, the counselors, the grading services, the tests. That's right, pretty much everything. My wife and I use Seton. Some of our children. Tell you this two of them got perfect ACT scores in verbal. And overall, the Seton students scored more than 100 points above average on the SAT. Over 30% higher on English and reading on the ACT. It's a rigorous program. You want to give the very best to your kids? Trust me on this one. Go with Seton. It is a beautifully rigorous academic program. Go to setonhome.org. That is setonhome.org.
2: Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body?
1: Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa. And on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. Welcome back, folks. You're listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And I do apologize. We experienced a brownout here that kicked us off the air for a minute. Uh, Thank you so much for hanging in there. When we were uh, still, uh, when we were last with you, we were talking (laughs) with Michael from Dallas. And just uh, summarizing, he was asking, you know, how to manage those times when he comes home from work and his kids are getting on his nerves and he sort of loses it on them. We were talking about the need to create those little transitional habits. uh, And I believe I was summarizing when we got kicked off. So I'll just give that a quick uh, summary and then we'll move on. You know, I I was saying to Michael, first, while you're still at work, Give your wife a call check in with her find out what her day's been like what you to tell her what your day's been like um and 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 help each other prepare for what the evening is going to be and what you're walking into when you come home secondly take some time before you leave work to give the day to god and really review that day with him and ask him to let you leave that stress at work use the transition time from work to home to take some time to pray maybe using something like the Halo app uh, or or something, uh, some other recorded uh, wonderful
2: wonderful wonderful you know recorded prayers on ewtn.com that you can go to that you can use that you can live stream right into your car as you're you're driving along or at your office space before you leave you can sit in the car and spend some time with that we even have Eucharistic adoration on ewtn.com that can let you be in the presence of the Lord even though you can't be in church taking that transition with the Lord can really help help.
1: When you're in, when you pull into the driveway at home, imagine what it's going to be like to walk in and imagine some of the things that have happened in the last week or so that have driven you crazy, that the kids have done or that your wife has said. And just imagine how you'd like to respond differently to that and ask God to help you have the grace to respond in that more graceful way. You know, the more we build in that space between our emotional reaction and our response, the more we're able to choose how to respond to the situation. But if we're kind of mindless, about how we're managing that and we just you know go from one space to the other without recognizing the emotional temperatures elevated and uh, without thinking about how we're going to uh, move into that next space then we end up not realizing how heated up we actually are and then we end up losing it on the people that we love so take those steps and michael if there's more we can do to support you don't hesitate to call us back here on more to life or reach out at CatholicCounselors.com com to learn more about our refrain from anger program check it out at catholiccounselors.com. With that, we are taking your calls about dealing with anger and the angry people in your life. 877-573-7825. Who are we going to next, Lisa?
2: We're talking with David, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Kansas City.
1: Hey, David, welcome to More to Life. What's your question for us? Hey, thank you,
4: folks, um, for taking this call. Listen, my problem is, is sometimes I let the, I think it's I let the whole week kind of build up, and my and you know frustration sometimes you know more than others and uh i'll just um be driving home and uh, oh i might run a red light or something or i'll mm. i'll just be get gathering up my stuff and then um i drop my glasses and they get scratched and i'm just mad and i finally just kind of like burst out and i just want to throw something or yell mm-hmm. obscenities and yell and scream and and okay. um you know, it's it's not so bad when I'm by myself, but it's pretty embarrassing when I'm around people. Sure. So I need sure. to have some kind of a way to say, now what am I doing here? And, and afterwards, I'm I've, I'm you I'm know disgusted with myself.
1: Yeah, no, I get it. All right, so so what you're describing a different variation on what we were just talking about with with Michael, our previous caller, you know, where again. You're not being—you're not being uh, kind of receptive, what we can say—to uh, to the fact that that your temperature is rising and rising and rising. We have a tendency to think that unless we're overtly angry about something, then we don't have to to pay attention to where our emotional temperature is. Uh, and what I would suggest to you is a couple of things. Uh, first of all. Um, in, in our book, I'm going to suggest our book Unworried, all right, because you might say, well, I'm not worried, I'm angry. But but really, anxiety and anger have something in common in that in that they both have to do with our, our emotional temperature rising in different ways. And in that book, I talk about the emotional temperature scale and and, and help you identify behaviorally where you're at because we always underestimate how, how heated up we actually are, right? And so on this emotional temperature scale I describe in Unworried, um, I, I'll help you find behavioral cues so for example you know when you're in an emotional seven um, you don't actually feel all that upset um, but behaviorally you're doing things like rolling your eyes you're huffing and puffing you're doing the whole kind of oh, oh my gosh you know and and, and you know if anybody asks you how you were you I'm fine I'm fine what I'm fine <laughs> right mm-hmm. because we're not at the place where we're ready to admit that we're angry you know, we're not really ready to admit that we're angry until we're already at an eight or a nine on that scale. And by then it's too late to do anything about it because our logical brain has turned off and our emotional brain has taken over. And that's kind of what you're describing. You're ignoring all the signs that your emotional temperature is ramping up until you're already in, at, a, at a, well into an eight or a nine when the dumbest little thing suddenly causes you to lose your mind. Uh, so the key is recognizing your emotional temperature a lot earlier than you actually are and then doing something to lower it. So uh, if you look at that scale, even if you just do it on your own and, and, and kind of identify where you're at, say, where you, you, where you imagine you're at from 1 to 10, and then, ask your, and then take that temperature throughout the day. Where am I right now? You know, in the morning when you wake up, mid-morning, lunchtime, mid-afternoon, dinner time, evening, take your emotional temperature and then ask yourself, what's one small thing I could do? To lower my temperature at least one notch you know could i pace myself a little bit differently could i offer up the, those frustrations of that i've experienced so far to god and ask him to show me how to respond to those situations better um is there something i need to do for myself to take good care of myself yeah, maybe i need to eat some protein <laughs> maybe i need to just you know take a walk around the block or, or step go to the bathroom for a few minutes just to regain my composure what do i need to do to to kind of take that temperature down, even just one notch, right? Um, And and do that throughout the course of the day, so that even if you're at a five, you're asking how you can get down to a four. Even if you're at a four, you're asking how you can get down to a three. So you're managing it way before you get up to that eight when the dumbest little thing causes you to lose your cool. Now, the second thing I want you to do is at the end of every day, and you're not going to want to do this... And I work on people with for months to get them to do this, but I tell you, but it's the funniest thing. Like people will resist it, and resist it, and resist it, and resist it for six months, seven months. And then all of a sudden they do it and it's like, oh, wow, that was great. That really worked well. You know? All right. So so save yourself some trouble and just do it. Okay. At the end of the day, write down the things that you felt were the most frustrating things, even if they weren't all that bad, even the petty things. Okay. Just, just write down those little things and say, Lord. I'm giving these situations to you. Please help me know how to respond to them in ways that glorify you. Help me be my best self and challenge the people involved to be their best selves too. You know, teach me how to respond to all of this in a, in a peaceful and, and effective way so that I don't have to lose my cool. Right, And so you're, you're, you're writing down those things, and it's important to write them down, not, not just do it in your head. That's what everybody wants to do, and it doesn't work.
2: It actually spins you out more and ramps up your emotional temperature more because you're not seeing it. You're not using the logical part of your brain, so you're not coming to a resolve.
1: So write down those, those, those petty irritations, no matter how small you think they might be, and then, and then look at them and give them to God and say, Lord, I really need you to teach me how to respond to these situations in a way that will glorify you, Help me be my best self and challenge the people around me to be their best selves to help me to see how to do that so that I, I can stay calm and stay in your grace. And by being more thoughtful about those things that tend to provoke you throughout the day, by being more mindful about managing your emotional temperature in small steps as opposed to waiting until you're ready to lose it before you notice that you're even upset, that's what's going to help you Uh, avoid getting to that place where the little things are triggering you so much. But again, most of us, we just kind of push ourselves through the day without ever stopping to say, where am I at in my emotional temperature? You know, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Because I'm not losing it on anybody, I'm fine. Uh, And then all of a sudden we start losing it on people and say, where'd that come from? Well, it's because, you know, for days, little things have been ramping me up and ramping me up and ramping me up, and I haven't noticed it or done anything to offload it. So by taking these little steps to learn how to identify and reduce your emotional temperature wherever you're at. Again, if you're a three, how do I get it down to a two? Because the more space you create between where you're at and where you're, and what provokes you, the more options you have. Because You lose your ability to choose your reaction when you get to an eight right at, at an eight that's where you recognize that you're angry and you don't care who notices it and you're not necessarily yelling and screaming but you are blaming and you're deflecting and you're being irritable and grumpy uh and, and by then y- your emotional brain is taken over so the more space you've got between wherever you're at and an eight the more choice you have about how you're going to respond to the thing that's in front of you so you know if you're in if you're in a Seven. you want to make sure you get yourself down to a six so that the new thing that surprises you doesn't bump you up to that eight already and you lose your mind. If you're at a six, you want to take it down to a five so you got at least three spaces to go before you lose your mind You know, and so when something happens. So the more you can be conscious about managing that emotional temperature wherever it's at and write down the things that irritate you, give them to God and ask Him to teach you how to respond to them more effectively, the better you're going to be at, at creating the space that you need to keep your cool. We talk about these kinds of tips in our Refrain program. You can learn more about that in our introductory session that's coming up. Register for it at CatholicCounselors.com and you can also learn more about all the resources we've discussed on today's program at CatholicCounselors.com including the Pastoral Solutions Institute's pastoral telecounseling practice where you can work with a faithful, professional Catholic counselor to transform your marriage, family, or personal life through God's grace. Check it out and get out there and celebrate the life God has for you listening to because with more his grace, there's so much more to Dr. life.
6: Greg and Lisa Popcheck. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information,
2: visit AveMariaRadio.net.